grace be unto you and peace, peace from God our Father, <clears throat> from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who revealed his glory on that holy mountain, your fellow hearers of God's word. It was just a glimpse. Last weekend, many of our members had the privilege of taking a tour of our new sanctuary that we are building. And even though it isn't finished yet, I know that many of most of the comments of those who toured that sanctuary was, wow, how awe-inspiring. And it is our hope and prayer that when we finally finish building our new sanctuary, it will be even more beautiful and more awe-inspiring than just the glimpse that we had last weekend. It was just a glimpse. That's what we celebrate on Transfiguration Sunday. On a mountain, Jesus revealed his full glory as the Son of God. And for just a moment, the disciples were given a glimpse. Well, today I'm going to do something a little bit different than what we normally do. Today on Transfiguration Sunday, I want to take a look at all three of the readings and then bring a message from God's Word that assures us that in His Word we too get a glimpse of our God's glory. And don't be afraid, it's not going to be three times as long. I still try to follow the old adage from my homiletics professor who said, if you can't hit oil in 20 minutes, or less, don't start drilling. The first lesson is from Moses. And what happened on Mount Sinai when he received the Ten Commandments from God. We are told that on Mount Sinai, God revealed his glory, and then Moses entered that cloud for 40 days and 40 nights, during which time God gave him the Ten Commandments on those two tables of stone written with his old finger. Now that was not some ordinary cloud that you might see on a mountaintop. It was a special cloud that is called the glory of the Lord. In Hebrew, the kavod Adonai. You see, whenever God was going to do something special for his people, he would often present his presence in some form of fire or smoke. That's why when he appeared to Moses at the burning bush, he appeared in that form, that was the kavod Adonai, as he was calling Moses to deliver his people from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And then when they left Egypt, the Kavod Adonai appeared again, and the pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God's people knew that the Lord was present, and by that Kavod Adonai, that glory of the Lord, he led his people safely to the promised land of Canaan. And we are taught that at the seminary, the glory of the Lord was not only demonstrating God's presence, but it was also a visible proclamation of the law and the gospel by which God would save and deliver his people and by which he would 
destroy his enemies. Well, it was this Kavod Adonai into which Moses went to receive the Ten Commandments. And because Moses was a sinful man, he surely could not survive in the presence of a holy God. But God graciously allowed him to do so, not only to enter that cloud, but also to come out of that cloud so that he could deliver to his covenant people his law in written form by which he would guide them in their thankful living and by which he would expose their sin and a need for a savior. It was only a glimpse. And then we go to the second lesson from Peter's second epistle to Christians around the world. And in these words, Peter wants to assure his readers that what he saw and heard on that mountain wasn't some hallucination. He wasn't making it up. He said, with our own eyes we saw the Savior's glory. With our own ears we heard the Father speak. We didn't make this up. And then he goes on in that second lesson to tell his readers and you and me today that we have something much more reliable than the human sense of hearing and sight which often fail us. And that is the Holy Word of God. And so what Peter basically is getting at is even though you and I did not see the Savior's glory on that mountain, and even though you and I with our ears did not hear the voice of the Father who said, this is my Son whom I love, with Him I am well pleased, listen to Him, through the pages of Scripture, you and I get to see it with our eyes, and we get to hear it with our ears. And since this is the word of a God who does not lie, we can be sure that what happened there on that mountain really happened. And what happened there? Before setting out on his final journey toward Jerusalem, Jesus took his inner circle of disciples to a mountaintop, and there before their, their very eyes, a God gave them a glimpse, a brief moment, to see the fullness of the glory of the Son of God. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became whiter than any tide detergent could make them. And then they heard the Father's voice, assuring the disciples, this is the Savior who was to come. They saw his glory. And the same thing happened on that mountain when they saw that glory as what happened to Moses when he saw the kavod Adonai, the glory of the Lord in that burning bush. And the glory that shone around the shepherds when they were told about the Savior's birth. What happened? They were terrified. But Jesus came to remove that fear. And so what would happen is he would leave that mountain and go to another. Because then there appeared Moses and Elijah, two of the great Old Testament prophets who prophesied the work of the Savior. And there he would leave that mountain of glory and go to another mount called Calvary, a mountain of shame, where his glory was hidden as he died for the sins of the world. 
And as we see that death, Jesus assures us that he washed away all of our sins. And when he rose three days later, he assured us that we have been redeemed, that the grave is not our final resting place, and also that we too will see the glory of God in all of its fullness. Not just for a brief moment, not just a glimpse, but its fullness forever. And so, as we hear these accounts on Transfiguration Sunday, what do we want to take home with us? Well, a couple of thoughts come to my mind. Moses was in that cloud for 40 days and 40 nights. And this coming Wednesday, we enter another Lenten season. Did you know that not counting the Sundays, the Lenten season is 40 days and 40 nights long? I don't know why it was chosen that way, but it was. Because in a sense, during the Lenten season, we enter a dark and cloudy time of the year where we review again all the dark things that Jesus had to suffer and endure for our salvation. And why do we do that? We do that because you and I daily need the reminder that we too were the cause of his suffering because we too are people who broke the Ten Commandments that Moses brought down from the Mount of Glory on Sinai. And that, dear friends, is so important for us. But if all we do is, is focus on the death and the suffering, then life would be miserable for us during Lent, and eternal life would be impossible. That's why Transfiguration Sunday is so important. That's why it's so important to take a look at our Savior's glory on that mountain, as we know we're going to end up Lent on that mount of suffering and shame. And then... We also know there was Moses and Elijah alive, talking with the Savior in that glory, which is another reminder for us that those who leave this world believing in Jesus will enter the glory of eternal life. And because these events took place, and because they have been recorded in the scriptures. You and I have every reason to believe that what happened really happened. And that these events are recorded in the most reliable book in the entire history of the world, the Holy Word of God. So, that tour of the sanctuary last week was only a glimpse of what our new sanctuary is going to look like. And will the glory of the Lord be there? Yes, it will. The glory of the Lord will be there. But that glory will not come to us in some form of fire or smoke, because then there would only be terror. No, for our sake, the Lord hides himself and hides his glory in the Word. Our Lord Jesus hides his glory in the waters of baptism. Jesus hides his glory 
in the bread and wine of Holy Communion. And he does that so that he can draw near to us and we in faith can draw near to him. And in the end, dear friends, that's what will make our new sanctuary filled with the glory of the Lord. It will be God's saving grace that he gives to us through the means of grace, the gospel in word and sacrament. And by coming to us through those means, our Savior will keep us in the true saving faith until that day when we leave this world. And where will we go? We will go to heaven where we will see God in all of his full glory and we will live with him in the glory of heaven forever. And then, dear friends, it won't be just a glimpse. Amen.